The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright, and we're Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's it's the gift, it's it's the gift given time of year. <laughs> and this is the part of the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. And once again, this is the Potterhood Podcast. Nico White and Will Posnan. And for the sake of the Christmas spirit, let's introduce the best podcast producer in podcast history. <laughs> Max Marcus. Oh my god. Oh my god. Y'all, how's everybody? I'm doing good. It's been a long week with Lena, but her her grandma's taking her today. I took an edible. I'm doing great. Pops has a day off. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's why your eyes look like that, huh? <laughs> Max, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh I'm officially on winter break. The semester ended, so I'm just um I'm just chilling now. <laughs> Look at that! Yeah. Look at that! Relaxing and relaxing. What about you? How are you doing, Nico? Fam, like you, I can currently not complain. Things are okay. Mom is all right. About to go um pay the bills after I'm done with this. I'm gonna throw this recliner's um foot part up. Um, smoke was left of this joint. I have a show tonight. I'm all right. Today is a good day. You know what's my favorite part of uh, taking an edible these days? Hmm. Is I do the thing of I don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And then I let them try to figure out if I've taken an edible or not. Absolutely. So everybody on Yeah. And you know the best thing about that? Is that you don't ever have to let them know whether you did or didn't. No, I never tell them. You know what's funny is everybody listening to the Potterhood mm-hmm. will know in the past or in the future that I'm high right now. Mm-hmm. But my wife may never know. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> there, there's some things we, we share with the Potterhood that we don't share with everybody else. You know what I'm <laughs> Not I'm, too much. I, I I almost wanna um I almost wanna like have a poll up or have an email, the email address for the Potterhood. Like, see if they could find the episode where we were actually gone and see if they can get them right. Yeah. No, yeah, some man. of them you can probably tell at the end because I go, that was a beautiful conversation. I'm so glad that <laughs> happened. Yo, and I'm going on 20 minute tangents, most definitely. <laughs> so I want to see if y'all can go find the top five because I, I actually know, I actually know like three of them. So if yeah. y'all can go back and find the top five, I'll tell, tell you whether or not you're right. 
And if you are correct, I'll send you a couple dark out um, lighters for Christmas. All oh, right? that's beautiful. That's great. How's that? So, and if you uh, if you go to our TikTok, by the mm -hmm. time this is out, we should have a lot of cool videos put up there. So check those out. hundred percent. Check us out the, on the underscore Potterhood. There you go. Check us out on TikTok at the underscore Potterhood. P o t t e r h o o d. Now. Well, let's get into this episode, fam. First of all, who we sorting? Well, we're, we're doing a special theme for this episode. Uh -huh. We're doing an Arthur Weasley Christmas. Arthur Weasley Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Tell them what that means. That means that we're going to be looking through the Muggle Christmas and talking about which characters from Harry Potter we'd want to incorporate in various parts. And we're going to start with gift giving. Mm -hmm. So if you could give a gift to any character and receive a gift from any character, who are you going with? I'm going with McGonagall, fam. <laughs> I'm going with McGonagall right off the bat, just because McGonagall has the ability to transfigure things. And I would assume that ability would extend even when she's not present, right? So what do I enjoy for recreation? I enjoy marijuana and nice amounts, right? <laughs> so if anyone can make me either a lifetime amount of edibles and just like re reproducing my pocket on their own. You know what I'm saying? They look like nothing. They look like candy. That's something that McGonagall could do. And because of that, that's why I'm picking her. The gift that I would give McGonagall, um, I'd take her out to dinner. You know what I'm I saying? Take her like out that. for a night. I feel like she hasn't had a night in a long time. Are you going to be able to survive the first hour and a half of the dinner where she's talking nonstop about Dumbledore? Yes, 100%. Because <laughs> I'm out with Professor McGonagall, bro. That's true. She'd, she'd be great after that hour and a half. Now, do you yes. think that if you transfigured weed from different things, you'd be able, when you smoked it, to like taste a hint of what it used to be? I would love to find out. That would be <laughs> I had a big a similar life. question. Mine was going to be if you took weed and turned it into any food, would it still get you high or is it just that food now? Ooh, that's Dude, if somebody turned question. my weed into raisins and it didn't get me high, I'd be so <laughs> Yo, mad I'd at be them. so tight. <laughs> like Ima raisins? <laughs> imagine turning an eighth into like a whole meal. Like you turned it to hamburgers and french fries. And that's all that that's all that you had to smoke. Now that's all that you have to eat. And then you don't feel the effects. Blasphemous. That'd be terrible. Blasphemy. If you want weed as a gift, Neville and Professor Sprout, both dark horses for uh, who you'd want to exchange gifts with. Mm. See, you make a very good argument. <laughs> you make a very good argument. And if I was um if I was ever into psychedelics, I would go Hagrid. But because that ain't really, really my jam, I'm a stick with Professor McGonagall, just being able to turn anything into what I want it to be. And I would take her out just for like a night. She you needs it. She deserves out. it. Yeah, you know I mean, because she especially, really does seem like one of those people that doesn't get out enough. For sure. And especially all of the emotional turmoil she mm -hmm. suffers in book seven, where and, like all of her decisions come home to roost, basically. Truly, and she truly does have to take, she doesn't get the credit for being the shield that she really is. And having to be the shield, you're in battle at all times. The swords break and get replaced all the time. 
but you can't afford to have one weak spot because as soon as you do, the people that you shield and get hurt. And sometimes even though you get a shield, you can't get everybody. You ain't wide enough. So imagine having to live with that over and over and over and over. Losing person you trust after people after person you trust, and then you're losing people that you care about left and right, people that you were supposed to protect. Because most people that like were targeted were in her house. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm sure that's an emotional turmoil that she can't um, really get to express, and it doesn't get a lot of coverage in the books. Her being a badass gets a lot of coverage, but I'm sure like those dark nights are dark. She and Molly Weasley are probably the two like strongest characters they emotionally have to deal with the most mm-hmm. and you know what like even that term though like strong the strongest character it really just means the most emotionally beat up and doesn't show it true and i guess arthur has exactly as much as molly he just you know doesn't use profanity in the battle of hogwarts good on him he he's like yeah. will smith he doesn't have to cuss to kill death theaters <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll pause it, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I would um pick Professor McGonagall. Who y'all got? Uh, Max, you ready, or do you want me to? Yeah, go? I'll go. Um, I think I would want to both uh give and like receive presents. I think a uh, Luna. I think you would get something cool. Yeah, uh, she's for sure. From Luna and just um, I like Luna. If there's anyone, I would want to just hang out with Luna. If there's anyone in the Potter world, I would uh want to be with. It's probably Luna. She might lose your present, though. She might just open, and it's an empty box, and she's like, oh, I had your great-grandfather's locket in here. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) But you know that it came from the heart, though. Yeah. At least you tried. I'm going to go with two uh, creature. Well, I guess, what do you consider Dobby? He's not a creature, but he's he's an elf. I'm going to go with Dobby for who I'd... One one of the people I'd want to get a gift from mm-hmm. because he gives great gifts, Gillyweed. That's mm-hmm. all him. That's one of my uh, biggest like problems with the movie to book switches is they take Gillyweed from being a thing from Dobby and they give it to Neville in the movies. Never like that. Uh, and then um, also Fox, amazing gift giver. Like Fox yeah. is saves the day in book two with gifts. So I'm going. Receive the gift from Fox narrowly over Dobby, but then give a gift to Dobby because Dobby's also the best gift receiver. You know who I like to get a gift from? Slughorn. Because I feel oh, like sure. if you get in good with Slughorn, he's going to try to give you a gift just to maintain his status in your friend group. Yes. Dobby or uh, Slughorn's going to give you something that's going to be your favorite gift you ever got, but you're a little suspicious of the motive. Yeah, you're like, yo, how'd you get this? How'd you get this? Like, I wanted, I always wanted this Rolex watch, but it even has the engravings that would have made it a one of a kind for me. How did you know? Yo, <laughs> yo, what have you hacked, bro? And Slughorn's like, hey, so uh, I hope you like the watch. I need you to stand next to Cornelius Fudge during this press conference. Yep. <laughs> Enjoy. Yep, you're gonna definitely have to pull a photo op right after. You're gonna owe him a favor. <laughs> like, you're gonna get the gift and go, Yo, this is amazing, but oh, that phone call gonna hurt when he called me. Because, <laughs> you know, the first thing he's gonna say is, It's gonna feel like uh, Steve Harvey with Donald Trump, where you standing yeah. there and he say something crazy. You just 
looking and then you wake up the next day people are like you ain't sure you're like yo i just wanted to say thanks for my watch fam that's the only reason i showed up <laughs> i like the watch you can't even explain to your instagram followers look man this watch came with that thing you don't like yeah it's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to join the illuminati i just wanted a watch <laughs> Who would so, y'all have as the second person that you would um give a gift and receive a gift from? Okay, second person. And if I, I haven't even done a person yet, so I mean... Oh, yeah, you sure have it. I think that Hagrid has like a high ceiling for gifts, but a very low floor. He might give you just the worst, just a, a hornet's nest. Like, I thought you would like it. So I'm staying away from him. Um, I'd like to give a gift to Ron because Ron never got the gift that he deserves. It actually bothered me in book four where, uh, when remember Harry got him the thing he liked, whatever, mm -hmm. the binoculars or whatever. Yeah. Harry never put time into a gift for Ron. He was just waiting for Ron to be like, I want that. I want that. Yeah. The, the, the friendship parts of Harry Potter, they show themselves in weird ways and then they're absent in others. Right. But I guess she has to make up time for what she's actually trying to get across. Yeah. Because that is one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, gee, that's your best friend, dog. Yeah, they should have done that scene where Harry just gives Ron a really great Christmas gift towards the end of the series. So it's yeah, like it's Harry like, learned that for saving my life. <laughs> yeah, how does he not get a gift after book one when he does the chest thing? And a hundred thousand times, thanks for almost dying like eighty five thousand times. And then the other character I would get a gift from, I think, if Bellatrix is like, if you're her messiah, you're getting good gifts. She knows what to get you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great choice, great choice. So Who's your I second had, um, choice. I had get a gift from and of course i couldn't just pick one on the positive side of things tonks because i think yeah. tonks is that type of personality she'll get you something crazy and you didn't even know you'd like it right tonks then, is the female or is the good bellatrix you yeah. put your nail on it because like tonks is ride or die the exact same way bellatrix is, but she doesn't need you to be an evil star you yes. can just be like a social studies teacher a hundred percent. And shout out and shout out to those people, by the way, yeah. on both sides. You know what I mean? <laughs> shout out to the ride or dies. May you all live long. Um, and then on the um dark side of things, I get a gift from Lucy. It's my fault. Yeah. Because you know Lucy has got some shit. <laughs> Lucy is Lucy has got the death note on. Like, all yeah. right, you write a name on this, and that person going to die. He'd leave you with something like that. Yeah. His gift and then who creeps you out, but you're glad you have it. Yes. You glad you have it because no one else has it. Yes. I think also Sirius Black, because I think he does have all these resources, but is like ashamed of his family. So you're going to get some weird, dark family heirloom from him. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I should have this, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's and, like, and hey, just take this cursed hand that kills your enemies. And you'll you'll look at it and be like, yo, this is like, it would go for a lot if I pawned. Yeah, it's worth like a billion dollars. Like it's the emerald. Yeah. The only problem with Sirius is that there's a chance he gets arrested getting your gift. <laughs> <laughs> Mad eyes somewhere yelling, "You should have turned him to the dog, man." <laughs> 
He's like, I wanted to go to the store. Clothes on. <laughs> but so, Max, who's your second purse? Um, I think I said serious. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But um, this is something I thought though. Who do you think would be? The, who would you least want to get a gift from? I think Hagrid. Grappy. Who? Grappy, Hagrid's um brother. Oh. <laughs> I don't want a bike tire for Christmas. Man. <laughs> now he would just be like, "Here's your hug," and you'd be dead. Yes, the uh, like basically the the theme of the the whole podcast. But I feel like James was probably a bad gift giver, for sure. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like he didn't get anybody gifts. <laughs> See, I feel like his gifts were him making a decision for you. Like he's gonna get serious keeper gloves or something and be like, This is what you do. And Sirius is like, sure, I guess. Right. He's giving you assignments. Yeah. Or he he's... gets something he wants, where it's like when Homer gave Marge a bowling ball. <laughs> his name on it. I think that's what James would do. Yeah, that's he's like so the funny. evil slughorn in terms of gift giving. That's so fun. Good segment, y'all. What's the next one? We're doing a Christmas dinner. Who gets right. the Arthur Weasley Award for preparing a Christmas dinner? For preparing one. All right. So I'm going to have to go with any house elf. <laughs> just anyone. Because once I found out, because I thought Dumbledore just made all the food appear. Right? I thought it was his magic. But when you find out that the um, elves are the ones that are doing it, I don't have a big family. One turkey would be enough. One cornbread would be enough. Snapping my way when they done, come sit down and join us, or just sit down and join us. Just snap the food when it's ready. See, I want a human touch. Like, mm -hmm. I thought about Molly Weasley as an obvious candidate, but I think I'm going Professor Sprout. Like, especially okay. in this new world of trying to be healthy, mm -hmm. we already talked he can infuse marijuana into anything. Yeah. I'm going with him. Okay. Fair enough. Professor Sprout is a lady, but I hear you. Oh, shit. I always confuse him with Flitwick in my head, just like their faces. But yeah, you're right. I'm going with her. <laughs> there you go. Ah, that's such a... Yeah. I, I, I confuse them because of their faces. <laughs> no, like the actor, like I put their names on the different people. Yeah, yeah. I, hear you. Oh, that's so <laughs> I was thinking it depends on uh, what you want. I think you could get a really good meal from either Hagrid mm. or uh, Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> I think you're going to get a crazy expensive, like high-end meal from Lucius where it's like, whoa, this is, he's really put it yeah. all out there. But yeah. Hagrid, you're going to eat like some steak of some creature you've never heard of before. And it's going to be, it's going to be good. You, yeah, get, you get food poisoning from Hagrid. It'll taste good, yeah, but it's risky. <laughs> yeah, I don't want a dog chop. <laughs> no, I don't think it would be a dog. I think it would be like- It won't be his drink. dog. <laughs> No. <laughs> it'd be like santa claus's dog <laughs> i mean we talked about this before like what a uh, hippogriff would taste like and that's probably you know what a barbecue hippogriff wing would probably be on man hippogriff i can't eat uh, anything no, that i like too much yeah because I, I love turkey wings and hippogriffs look a lot like man don't get me started on this but i'm dog. saying the personality i couldn't eat a thing that was cool oh but i ain't gonna know it that's true you'd be like yeah, he doesn't look, tell you what it is yeah. yeah, and Buffy might be the only nice hippogriff. All the others might behave like chickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun one, man. 
Y'all are silly. You know, um, honorable mention to Petunia, though, for cooking a dinner. I think she um, could yeah. cook as well as any magical person in the in the wizarding world. 100%. I'm, I'm having a hard time picking because I really wouldn't hang out with a lot of the people in the Harry Potter world. You know Who would you want to hang out with? Like, honestly, Hermione. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Hermione wouldn't be much for, like, loud boisterous dinner you know what no. I mean? or maybe she'd be the exact opposite she'd come out of that shell a little bit you know what i'm saying um, i think hermione her first time drunk is a wild one yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i don't know a lot of crying a lot of yelling um we have guests as the next category so guests to where like like crib? to the dinner so the oh. first was the chef now we got who you want to bring. And this is a muggle dinner. They're the only magical person there. So keep that in mind. Got you. Mm. Um, if it's after Lupin has departed, I'm going to say Tonks. Right? She dies the same day, though. Oh. It's like a 10-minute window. <laughs> Damn. I'm fucked, huh? Shit. <laughs> mm. Who was the... Um, I think they, I think she looks different in the movie, but whoever it was, the girl that worked the cafe, yeah, mm. then um, Dumbledore pulled Harry away from her. She'd be the first one I'd invite. After that, who would be Bellatrix? Cool now nah, Bellatrix is too crazy. I don't want her stepping <laughs> in the mansion. She's not magic though. She's just she's just a person you would date. She's just. Uh... Right, because it's supposed to be a magical person, not right? Or oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, that yeah, I'm not. I'm not bringing Bellatrix because I don't want her like two stepping in my yams. I think Ginny ruins the dinner just as effectively as Bellatrix, but on the car ride home, won't admit she did anything wrong. (laughs) I feel I feel like Bellatrix would just do something crazy, and like the family would be looking at me like, "Yo, who who and what is this?" I don't need that type of stress in my life. Um, yeah. Actually, I don't really have uh, too many other people that I would have over as guests. Maybe um, the trio. Yeah. I Ron and Hermione. Main That's three. a good one. I Ron was high up there for me. Talk, talk some shit and like test their friendship in front of them. <laughs> but so, yo, Harry, so you never like Hermione? <laughs> yeah. Never, or see if I can get that fight to happen. Jenny's she stayed home, you know. It's just you three. We can say it right now. Uh, Max, what about you? Um, I mean, it depends what it's what I want out of it. If I'm like bringing someone home to like meet the parents, and it's like a date situation, I think Hermione probably has to be high up there because she's like lived in the Muggle world, so yeah, I think she'd be like chill and know how to like not make a scene. Um, I think uh, Cho Chang would also be cool. Um, it was like something I was into. If it was just like a big party with friends and trying to do a good time, I think Fred and George are the people I would bring. Fred and George, they're up there George. too. Like they definitely reroute the dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's now their dinner. They're in charge, but it'll be <laughs> every female character in Harry Potter. We've basically named at this point, except if I Luna. To be like completely. Showing up, like not yeah. be the center of attention. 
somebody like um, either of the twins, Fred or George. Yeah, no, I didn't take it like who you would want to bring, like in terms of how people would feel about you. Like, oh, I'm just bringing, I'm just bringing Hagrid, my friend Hagrid. I'm just inviting. I just thought about who. I got chairs big enough for Hagrid. <laughs> yeah, no. And Hagrid like the type that'll flop on your chair. Yeah. You know those people that, as soon as they sit down, they let their legs go out from under them. But even just the optics of bringing Dumbledore, like, oh, hey, this is my old friend. Even though yeah. the first hour would be rough, but Dumbledore would kill it. They would love oh, no, Dumbledore. Dumbledore have a great time. Especially, when, <laughs> could you imagine showing up? It's because you live in what, Newark? <laughs> I'm in Harlem, yeah. in Brooklyn. Imagine Dumbledore just strolling the streets. He fits in in Max's neighborhood. I think he was, I was going to say, I think he or Haggard would fit in in Williamsburg fine. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, with the way Harlem's going, he'd fit in fine. He wouldn't look too too crazy in comparison. In Newark, he would have some problems. First of all, he would not fit in. And secondly, people might assume, like, he always wears one color outfit. Yeah. And in Newark, people are going to assume affiliations that might not be accurate with Dumbledore. Bro, Dumbledore would beat the shit out of these people (laughs) with a snap of his fingers. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to look at Dumbledore and be like, I think that's a Latin king right there. Right. <laughs> but if he's wearing all black and gold, the whole outfit, head the to toe. The fact that Max said that. Y'all don't understand how funny that was. <laughs> Yo. But I'm imagining Dumbledore in basically like a Raiders theme outfit, but covered with gold chains. Dumbledore. Yeah, I don't know. Dressed in a yellow flag. <laughs> Dumbledore's gonna have some problems in Newark dressed like that for one reason or another. Dumbledore gonna smack shit out in these Newark. That's true. I mean, Newark's gonna have some problems with Dumbledore, but Newark's resilient. A bunch of fire serpents chasing gangbangers down the (laughs) block. They don't want that smoke. Voldemort ran, dog. They don't want that smoke. That's true. I'm sorry. That was the that was the most fun visual I've had on the Potterhood in forever. That was amazing. Wonderful job, man. Okay, next category. Who do you want to bring the tree? Who do you trust with the Christmas Christmas tree? I, Ugh, I trust somebody that. that's going to be like just quick and efficient. So again, homies come up often, but I feel like he'd get somebody to do the job, right? Lucius or someone like Dumbledore or I definitely wouldn't have somebody like Snake do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Because then be I feel like... Tree. It, it would be smart alecky. You know what I mean? Like it would be the whomping willow. Just fucking up my liver. Yeah, no, Snape is not look, Snape is not a Christmassy character. You're no. kind of, even if Snape's your boy, you're staying away from him during Christmas. Yeah, so yeah, I don't want to hear all this Lily talk, fam. <laughs> Snape's first time getting drunk would be a rough one, too. Oh my god. And you got to make sure his wand is nowhere around because you don't want to get second tempered by accident. <laughs> yeah, Snape definitely having flashbacks, dueling, <laughs> dueling James. <laughs> yeah, Snape. Snape gets drunk like a movie hero in the first act when they're going through it. <laughs> like Will Smith and um, was it? What was that superhero movie? Hancock. Hitch. Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just drinking like a fish. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what's that's what Snape is for sure. Hilarious. So go ahead. Who y'all got? 
I'll say, I think, uh, I mean, we've said this for other things, but if you're going tree, I think you have to go uh, Professor Sprout. Okay. I didn't even think about Sprout for this one. And I've, you know, named her twice in the podcast. <laughs> uh i thought of hagrid i was like hagrid is care is going in the forest he's not growing the tree maybe mm. one of his like spider gardeners is <laughs> and he goes in the forest and just rips the biggest tree out of the ground and then walks oh. to your place holding it over his shoulder you know who would be great at picking a tree death yeah because remember oh, death forged the elder wand out of a tree that just happened to be nearby you know, that's mixed feelings when death shows up at your dinner or your house. You're like, this is a terrific tree, but I really don't want to hang out with you for too long. You know, I mean, it's going to get there one day. <laughs> if you look at it, death actually gave the best gifts of anyone in the series. He gave people the Deathly Hollows. Yeah. Max, that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. No, get, death beats Dobby and Fox. Sorry, Dobby. I know you've had it rough, but you just lost to death for the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. We might get hate mail for that. Who knows? Uh, They'll be fine. Dobby won't, but they'll be fine. (laughs) Ooh, that cut me deep. like a nice in the chest <laughs> Whoo, gosh that was wow but yeah man i would um i agree that death definitely gave the best gifts in the entire harry potter series yeah yeah you know i mean without without death we wouldn't have got the series that we all love so i'm gonna stick with what i said well let's i think i think death will bring the best treat this next category is going to be so different from what we were talking about. Who do you think would be a good Christmas carol? Oh, good Christmas caroler. Um, Flitwick and his um group of choir people. Yeah, Cho Chang was my choice. She's in the yep. choir. Gotcha. Yep. Boom. Phew. That was a Roger tough one. Davies. You know, I'm actually going to Rob with Roger Davies. Roger Davies puts out a Christmas album, even mm-hmm. though he's never cared about Christmas once in his life. <laughs> Max, who you got? Um, I think it'd be funny if it's just like low key. Snape actually has a great singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> Snape's like XXX Tentacion. Then you got, then you got um Seamus running the backup vocals for him. Yeah. It's just like Snape talks the way he does, but then he sings and he just sounds like Barry Manilow. Or no, who is it? Wow, fuck. I messed but that like up. It doesn't emo matter. person or someone different? No. Well, there's only a couple of ba- berries. Barry Manilow, Barry White. There's only a couple of berries. Yeah. I think it was Barry White. It doesn't matter. I'm, I I feel like I just screwed up. <laughs> oh, I saw a good dog. We a Harry Potter podcast. The jokes don't got to land all the time. Well, with Snape's hair and Seamus doing the backup vocals. You're definitely getting a Michael Jackson Super Bowl situation. A hundred percent. Y'all look silly. Hey, question. And I know this isn't um It was Barry White. That's what it I was wanted. Barry White. That's what I wanted to go for. All good. That deep voice. Yeah. If Snape, if Snape ever pulled what are these? I don't know if I'd be able to <laughs> take it seriously. But this is just something I want to throw out there. Now, 
this is a Christmas episode, right? Who would be most likely to kill on Christmas? Would it be <laughs> a Death Eater? A werewolf during the full moon? Hmm. A Dementor? Voldemort himself. Okay. I mean, I think a Dementor is... Yeah, I would say a Dementor because Voldemort... It would just, he's too strategic. Like, he's going to go, look, there's a PR nightmare. I might as well wait a day and no one will care mm-hmm. or whatever. But, yeah, I think a Dementor, all of that happiness around or all that emotion. Yeah, I think Dementors, that's a dangerous day for Dementors. If Dementors are out of Azkaban, there's like a Dementor warning that day. I wonder if those exist. Dementors? Dement- yeah, uh, no, not Dementors, Dementor warnings. Like, oh. hey, they're a little wild tonight. The nearby towns to ask them that. There should be. I mean, look, if Wizards had apps, Wizards could still use a smartphone. It'd be very beneficial for them. Yeah, instead of having to use, having to use their wands as flares 100%. What do you think, Max? Who would be the most like dangerous or most likely to kill during like the Christmas time in Harry Potter? I was going to say to mentors for the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. See, I agree. I agree that it's the mentors, but I definitely could have made a case for one of the wayward death eaters that want to be a little too in. Yeah. You know how some people go a little too far to be down. And I feel like a lot of the death eaters that were on the younger side were those types, like the crabs and the goyles. It's almost good. And this sounds crazy to say, but it's almost good to, some of those didn't get to get older because if they would have, I could see them going the route of actually becoming the next big dark wizard. It is interesting to me in the books and in the movie, when they showed the new death eaters at the beginning of book seven, like just the people who are kind of opportunistic, they're not even indoctrinated or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have the ideological background. They, It's not like they're even part of the ceremony where they get to wear the robes and be morally superior, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just guys on the street who want to kill. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that um, you can apply to right now, right? For sure. Because I've seen that in just like the, the youth a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Where you, like you mentioned, they don't have that cultural connection to it. And it's weird how young that like angst could start. I was asking my nephew not so long ago. I said, yo, play me some of the new music, right? I don't know any new artists. So he was playing me the music, fam, and the shit scared me. I felt like an old man for the first time because I'm listening. I'm like, yo, these are kids, kids. Because he's showing me videos of kids that are like popping now. Mm. But they were like, 15 in the video my nephew's 18 and the guns that they had i'm going yo yo wait that ain't a toy bro yeah i know what those look like that how old you say he was 14 what the fuck how the fuck is that yeah. what we, yo that's crazy no it is crazy so when you look at the um when you look at what happened with the younger version of Death Eaters, and like you said, they don't have that 
that background with it to even really feel that way. It doesn't make sense. How is it that they crossed that line so far? Yeah. To where it's like, oh, okay, we can do that now. All right, cool. So I'm ready to kill. It's just instant. I mean, I never even thought about that with the young rappers. Like, there's so many guns in the video, and it's like all kinds of guns. And, you know, there's like been a lot of young rappers who are really talented who died for no reason recently. No reason. Mm-hmm. And, dog, just the simple respects are gone. A friend of mine was telling me that um, it's like when Harry Ron and Hermione were dueling, Draco, Goyle, and um, the insert ca- character name. Crab. Crab. When they were all fighting and one of them pulled out a Vada Kedavra, and like they all, at the same time, it felt like everybody stopped together and was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, even though we at war, you went a little too far right there. Even Draco was like, huh? Because there should have been that simple community respect of, I know we fighting, but I know you. Crab and Goyle are the argument for not teaching Avada Kedavra in school. Mm-hmm. Like the whole lesson that Barty Crouch Jr. gave, Crab yeah. and Goyle are the kids you can't teach that to. Because if they had known Avada Kedavra in book one, <laughs> They uh, would have killed someone. Well, exactly. But now, now that takes it into, um, again, applying it to the real world. You can't help what you get taught, right? All you can do is retain information. What do you do with that information is up to your decisions and your decisions are based on all these other things, right? But if you don't have that cultural connection to it or you don't have that background in it, Voldemort for all intents and purposes, should have ended up the way he ended up, right? He's fucked up. Yeah. And I guess you could say the same for Crab and Goyle because their parents grew up in that. But you didn't have the experience with Hermione's where you should want to kill her. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Hermione's never done anything that warrants that from you. So because they went to that extreme, it's reminiscent of what, what did homie say? Somebody told me their young rapper got killed. And then the next day after it was confirmed he died, another one dropped the diss track on him. And it's like, yo, yo, where's the the simple respect? The simple respect. The simple respect, like, okay, that's one line we don't cross. Well, the problem is that rappers have always been rewarded for crossing lines. The first one to do a thing generally gets like some notoriety from it i mean you can insert anything like rap was this incredibly different thing and then through the late now, 80s Pete, and the right? 90s but yeah. pete because it's not it's not um a comparison to uh rap in general i mean just as far as like the mentality of the kids when you take them that young and you do that to their mind and you put them in certain situations and around certain people they're going to grow different ways. Like Crab, where when it was time to go into action, instead of going into action, they were ready to kill. Because mm-hmm. they took it that far. Everything they heard was like, oh, okay, so they're less than us, and if they fight us, they got to be dealt with? Okay, I got you. Yeah, no. Stunning Crab... them wasn't enough. Yeah, Crab and It's Coyle like that bad like... cop thing. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Like once they feel like they can kill with even a chance at getting away with it, they're doing it. Hundred. Hundred percent. Which uh which rappers did your your nephew show you that you liked? Um, I can't really remember their names. I like I said, I like I liked a lot of the music. It was just scary because it was so yeah. drastic. I was I legit got worried for him. No, and there's also like right now a really fine line between being like a street reporter and being mm-hmm. like, I saw this, this, and this, and just acting like you do the shit. And that's a yeah. really scary thing for a rapper to be like, I killed this person in this place and this person in this place. And you have to go as the fan. Well, his character is taking responsibility for real murders that he knows about that he had nothing to do with. But yeah, it's a lot of legwork. Yeah, fam. Like I said, I worry about him. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to see any more Death Eaters out here. For sure. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, our uh, next category is the last one that I had. We can do more if you guys want to. I got but, you. Um, which, so this is moving from Christmas to New Year's. Mm-hmm. Which character do you want to hang out with on New Year's? After a year like this? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that plays in in a, in a way totally. Hmm. Y'all go first. Okay. I think after a year like this, I just want a low-key, zero-stress, fun New Year's with a character who I know isn't going to bring any of their personal drama into it, and I'm going with Luna. Luna's just fun. Like, you think of all the other characters from Cho Chang to Ron to Professor Trelawney. Like, every character has the potential to bring drama into your life except Luna, who's so well-adjusted that her dad is a POW, and she's just like, I got this shit. Very good. I, ah, gee. I'm having the hardest time because I can't figure out what energy would be necessary to cleanse whatever this is, right? So for New Year's, I want, like a jazz kind of energy. You know what I'm saying? A smooth jazz kind of energy to where everything is just fine. I'm going to give you some characters who I think are huge jazz fans slash aficionados. Nah, fam. I think I got, I think I got the person. Okay. I'm going to go Lily Potter because it seems like she knows how to make everything seem okay. No, she's a great choice. So one one of those. So I'm I'm gonna go Lily Potter. Can I say the characters who I think are really sure, into jazz shoot. in the world of Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. So I got four guys who came to head immediately. I got Dumbledore, mm-hmm. Kingsley, Slughorn, 100. and oh, who was my fourth one? I just I just had it in my head. Okay, I'm gonna come back to me. I'm I think Moody. Matt Moody's up there. But Moody likes Charlie Parker. Like, Moody likes high energy, <laughs> like, uncomfortable jazz. Dumbledore <laughs> likes it all. Motherfucker's playing that old. <laughs> it's like, that's not the mood I was looking for, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Moody, you could only listen to music with at very specific times. We, yeah. we should do that next podcast. We'll go into like move uh, music that we would associate with different characters. Got you. Why not? 
Heck okay, yeah. who's my fourth? Max, take the wheel. I got to figure out who my fourth draft person was. Okay, while you're doing that, I think um, after this year, it's been, you know, you're cooped up. I think if, uh, if you can do it without getting sick, I would want to go all out. Uh, and I think I think just having uh, Haggard around, I think you could get into into some shit. I think he yeah, would be like, trouble. I think he would know the spot. It might be underground. It might be mm-hmm. a little more seedy, but I think it'll be really fun. And I think you you just get trashed. Fair, hundred percent. When th- when things are allowed, like for that to happen, like are you going to get? What's the level of wasted you're thinking about getting? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go out there. Well, I think this is what I think is going to happen. Not just like maybe like, I'm not saying like this was going to me, but I think society as a whole, I think as COVID rates plummet, I think you're going to see STD rates skyrocket. I think that's yeah, yeah, basically yeah. what we're heading for. Yeah. The fourth wave. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be left on faces, though. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to be wearing their masks, but for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it <laughs> i'm never getting this fourth jazz person doesn't matter <laughs> Still has to come to you, huh? doesn't lupin actually play jazz oh that's a good one let's say oh. him. who else could you even think of him? i don't know because I, I when you said lupin i thought it was like oh that's it i was thinking like slughorn kingsley mm-hmm. and um, Dumbledore have these great listening parties, and mm-hmm. there's that fourth person, but I can't, I can't think of who it would be. Uh, Cornelius Fudge would be one I'd throw in there. Just but they wouldn't hang out with him. Yeah, nah, they you probably know he has know. shitty taste in music. He's like <laughs> a fan of whatever's the most popular at the time. So he mm-hmm. says great artists and terrible artists back to back. He's like, I like Prince and Vanilla Ice. And you're like, ugh. Cenelius Lovegood? Yeah, he's up there for sure. Oh, he's a yeah. jazz fan. But yeah. he also has like weird conspiracy theories that make you really uncomfortable. Plays the jazz backwards. <laughs> like he has a like a rare album, but it's like the rumors it was made right after Miles Davis hooked up with Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> People know about that. It was in uh, Richard Pryor's book. Kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you. Well, that's for all the Christmas parts of this episode of the Pot of Hood podcast. Now, let's close with um, this. If you had to pick, right? Like if you wrote it, what would you have a Weasley Christmas look like? Oh, that's great. Um, A Weasley Christmas. Is it like a big one where they're inviting non-Weasley or just them? Because I do think that even though they are poor, they still have guests all the time and then they prepare meals for them. Mm-hmm. They're those kind of people. Yeah, 100%. I think um, like if I could write it, and what I mean when I say what kind of Christmas would they have, I would write something where whoever works, Arthur Weasley, Charlie, whoever, they get a raise, like whatever, whether it's a raid, whether it's this red dragon, whatever it is, they get a big raise and they can afford to get everything that they wanted, right? Everything, yeah. whether it's a house, whatever fuck it is. 
They can get everything they want and be okay. Because the fact that the Weasleys never got that, I thought was criminal. No, 100%. The closest thing they have to their dream party is Floor and Bill's wedding, and that gets ruined. Mm-hmm. Gets ruined. And like a lot of things that they tried that happened to. And then if you if you accept the cursed child to be um canon for the story, you look at their lives after the fact, particularly Ron and um Jenny, you can go, oh, they don't seem happy, and that family really deserved to be happy. Yeah. You know, so if I could write it, they'd get whatever it is they needed, whatever it is they wanted for the holiday, if I wrote it. That that would be great. I think yeah. in my version um just to make it a little different this mm-hmm. isn't what i want for them this would just be fun storytelling is they have their dream christmas all set up paid for and then like the neighbor three houses down somebody breaks their leg and they have to take that money and they have to give it to the neighbor for the medical procedure of madame promfrey whatever she's charging <laughs> for non-hogwarts kids gotcha. and uh then they have to make their Christmas work on a budget, but mm-hmm. everybody comes together and everybody like saves the day in a different way and mm-hmm. they have a great Christmas. Perfect. Now, Max, if it's on you, if you could write it, what, how would a Weasley Christmas look? I think they would have, uh, I think it probably would look pretty similar to the wedding. I think they would invite everyone. Um, I think the difference Crumb is, is instead of being, you know, sitting far away from Hermione and Jenny just bummed. Yeah, I think there would be, I think there would be, um, I don't know who would cause it, but I think there would be, uh, I think there there would be a point in the night where just everything goes to shit, just very, just like drama, like emotions uh, riding high, but I think yeah. they come out of it. I think they come out of it stronger. I think they work it out by yeah. the end, but I do think you have that, not like Death Eaters crashing, fighting. like interpersonal stuff. Yeah. Um, probably Ron. Probably Ron's at the center of it, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron and Hermione get into a fight, and people are <laughs> taking sides. I think uh, I think something like that would probably happen. No, they would. They're a liability for sure. There's the <laughs> characters who are not liabilities, who you know are never going to cause a problem at a dinner, and then there's the ones who can be. Ron, Hermione, Percy, and any of the brothers. Oh yeah, Fred and George are not a liability unless no. Percy's there, unless and Percy's then it could go back. Present, yeah. and Molly always has to keep them away from each other. Oh, but when is it? Is this is this after the series? So is this uh, Fred is already gone? Is it, are they doing Christmas without Fred? <laughs> ah, I mean that's on you, fam. It's, a, it's if you wrote it. Y'all can't see this, but Max is drinking a smoothie that has the <laughs> consistency of quicksand. Yeah. I Yo. think that if this is post Fred, I think Floor does a, a lot of emotional heavy lifting, mm-hmm. and I think Floor should have been mentioned in the preparing a Christmas dinner. Uh, apparently, she's a better cook than Molly, and she knows it. Wow! And uh, that should be mentioned. Like somebody that confident, you might want to prepare Christmas dinner. First think- of all, first of all, that breaks so many. Because if you look at the movie and look at how they cast Fleur Delacour, mm-hmm. right? The first thing people would think is like, oh, somebody like that can't even cook. They wouldn't know their way around the kitchen. And you just said she cooks better than Molly Weasley. That's a feat. Like if this yeah. were if this were if this were manga, 
that we were talking about, that would be listed as a high achievement. <laughs> People would talk about that in forums, fam. So well done to Flor Delacour. I didn't know we'd end the episode like that, but we did it. Are we sorting anybody to close out or are we just saying Merry Christmas to the folks? Just, just say Merry Christmas to the folks. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been your little Christmas special of the Potter Hood podcast. This is episode what of the quarantine, bro? Episode 30 of the quarantine. This is episode 30 of the quarantine. Y'all, we about to go into the new year. So, Potterhood, closing statements for 2020. Max, since you're the producer, you go first. I mean, <laughs> what's there to say? It's been a bad, dark year. Mm-hmm. Um, we recorded and we're all together mm-hmm. the day that we found out about Kobe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that started off on a bad note. But I think mm-hmm. uh, we're ending the year and people are getting vaccinated. And yeah. I think we can look at that. Um, 2021 will be better. And even if there is a hiccup, I think the 20s can still be a fun decade. Yeah. Hilarious. So for me, I say that this year was roller, roller coaster-ish, right? To where you had the high ups, then you had the low downs, and then you had the nice altitude right there in the middle, right? So I think that we're on the trend where the altitude is iffy because I, I get in moods about lockdowns and all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. But you can see that it's bright. You know what I mean? You can see that it's bright. So focus on the brightness even when it might be difficult. I hope that everyone that went through this year went through it and I hope you learned something from it. I hope you're enjoying whatever it is you have if you have anything, even if you feel like you have nothing. We thank you all for being here. We thank you all for still being alive. Please stay safe. Will's baby is crying. So I'm gonna keep saying nice shit to y'all until the champ can get back. But if you were unfortunate to lose anyone, whether it was to COVID-19 or to anything else this year, our hearts go out to you. You know what I'm saying? If you to because we, you know, we don't really know, right? We'll we'll never be able to really see. But we could have lost a listener or two. You know what I'm saying? So a moment of silence, a moment of silence for those that we've lost. And thank you all for listening to the Potterhood podcast. Sorry about that. All good, all good. So we were saying um closing statements. Yeah, closing statements about 20 um 20 for you and all that stuff. What you want to say to our people? Well, it's it's been a fucking year and uh thanks for listening to us. I hope it made it better. And I think that I genuinely think that next year is going to be better than this year. Yeah. I think that the negative mo- momentum, ugh, that's a hard word. I think the momentum has stopped and it's going the other way. And check out our TikTok and hit me up on Instagram and whatever you want to do to help with being less bored in quarantine. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
a merry, merry Christmas to you from us at the Potterhood Podcast. So, for the final time of 2020, I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. I'm Max Marcus. Will on three. One, two, three. Mischief. Mischief.